lot more than hamburgers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do we have handouts? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, oh, you I could start getting some. Uh, I didn't have it. Uh, nobody did that. But I, well, I can start making some. I don't have any for tonight. Oh, no worries. No thanks. Okay. So, how's everybody? Good. Good. Give, give another minute or two to see anybody else.
four souls were saved and we planted a lot of seeds. We went door to door and uh, we prayed for some prayed for some people. Uh, one little girl we had witnessed to her mama the night before and, or the day before and uh, they had these little three wheel things down there called tutu and it's a motorcycle and you can sit in the back of it and, and it's kind of almost like a it's a motorized rickshaw what it is and uh, she was going to town to pick up, the daughter was going to town on a tutu to go pick up something uh, for her mom and two two wrecked and she had 22 stitches in her knee and skin up and so we, we prayed for her and, uh, um, it was just uh, just an amazing thing. Um, uh, yeah, keep the, keep the country Guatemala in your prayers. They get a, they get a bad rap on some stuff. Now, the, Guatemala City is a dangerous city. You get outside of the, that city and up into the other city, not a problem. Uh, it's a heavily mined population. Um, uh, you uh, you steal something, uh, they put you on your knee, and you crawl five miles and they whack you with bamboo sticks. Uh, you kill somebody, they take you out in the middle of the street, pour gas on you, set you on fire. They ain't no court trial, that's, that's it. Uh, and so there's not a lot of crime there. Yeah, we need to take some of our criminals out of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, they look after each other. That's probably the safest I've been on history. Um, any other updates or phrases or prayer requests? Nothing spoken. Okay. Uh, I talked to Michaela today. Uh, she had started back her treatment. Uh, her numbers were not right last week, and so uh, they changed up her medicine a little bit. And her numbers were right, so she was able to get her her treatment today. So keep her in your prayers, and Bernie's healing slow. Any other prayers? And you have that. Saturday night. Saturday night. What time is that? Um, six. <coughs> Any other? Any other phrases for request? Nothing. What? If there's no other phrases or prayer request, or nothing to. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you for this day. And Lord, we just lift up all of those that were mentioned on the prayer list. God, we give you praise and, and glory for the work that you do. Lord, we know that all things that we do should bring honor to you. Uh, Lord, we ask you to uh, uh, bless this time together tonight. Let us put away the cares of this world and focus on you. And Lord, uh, just give us the nuggets you would have us to have of this study so that we can apply them to our lives. And, so we can uh, go forward and share your word with those that need to hear it. God, I love you, and I thank you for this evening, and I thank you for this study. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, uh, uh, so I, I'm assuming that Roger gave you a uh, kind of 30,000 foot overview of, uh, of chapter 9. Uh, chapter 9, 10, and 11. Uh, there's, there's going to be a major question asked here. Uh, and uh, 
you know, uh, or what it boils down to is, is you know, if you you study and you get into it, you're going to ask questions, and rightly, rightly so. Uh, you know, uh, he's going to use Paul is going to use Israel as an example uh, for rejecting the Messiah and uh, their Messiah, which became our Messiah. And of course, if, if Israel, God's chosen people, in the ancient, all the way up, if, if they couldn't be guaranteed salvation by God, how can we? But when you get to the end, you understand why our salvation is secure. So you have to hang in there. These are normal questions that, that people should ask. You know, if, if Israel wasn't secure, how can I be assured of my salvation? And Paul's going to answer this question. And uh, so uh, we're going to start in chapter 9. Uh, we'll read the first, I don't know, probably four, five, six, seven verses, and we'll start discussing that. And if we need more, we will go more. Uh, and so uh, chapter one, or chapter 9, verse 1, it says, I tell you the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, uh, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the, the, the convent, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the Father, and whom and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, uh, who is over all uh, the eternity, bless God. Oh, Amen. I'm going to stop right there, first little section. Uh, there's a powerful thing going on here. Paul just finished up. Just finished up. Left us standing at the mountaintop of glory. In, in, in chapter 8. We're at the mountaintop. And so, uh, in verse 1, he talks about, you know, Paul spoke from the truth. The truth in Christ. You know, he, he was sorry. You know, one, Spurgeon says something like this. Once a man gets past uh, or gets to where he He's overflowed with the salvation of other men. The little minuscule things like how my cat feels and oh my dog sick and oh this little, little minuscule things in life do not matter. The most important things in life are the salvation of souls of men. And so it kind of takes all these other worries that we worry about to take our, our focus away from God and, and puts it on many old things, not to say that we shouldn't love our dog, we shouldn't love our cat, and the things in life we shouldn't be concerned about, but they should not consume us. Our, you know, we should be consumed by what God has gave us in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, the commission to go and preach the gospel. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to save anybody. We're called to preach the gospel. And then once they accept salvation, we're called to disciple. But every one of us are called to be gospel preachers. We're called to share the gospel wherever we go. Uh, and so, you know, God chose Israel in the past. You know, He chose them as His people. They were His given people, His chosen people. I mean, think about this. You know, Moses. Moses had that heartbreak for the people of Israel like 
Paul had inherited. Remember, Moses come off the mountain. They made him a golden image to worship, a golden cow or whatever it was. And, and Moses said, God, don't smite them if it be take me, so that my brethren can live. That, that's a heart for the souls of men. That's a heart for the soul. You know, uh, and so uh, it's something that's gone on. Israel, look at all they've had. Look, you know, look at everything that the country of or the the, the the nation of Israel went through. And yet they missed their Messiah. They missed their Messiah. Guess what's going to happen? When Jesus returns, people are going to miss their Messiah. Because they don't believe. Israel rejected God. Not only did they reject God, they put him up to the Gentiles to be executed. Think about it. In less than a week, when he entered, and we're fixing to celebrate, you know, uh, Easter. When he entered Jerusalem, they were putting palm branches down and singing, Hosanna, 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 in the highest. And then a few days later, they're going to crucify him, crucify him. Right. They, they had all the apparatus. They had the entire structure of God. And that were remnant comes yep. out of this. The remnant were the ones that were the, the small group of apostles. Just think about that. The only ones that believed were the small band of people that said, Yes to the Messiah. Just think about this. Just think about this. There's only going to be 12,000 Jews from all of Israel per tribe. 144,000. The remnant of Israel. Out of all the Jews in the world, only 144,000. And the Jehovah's Witnesses have misinterpreted that and they think it's them. Well, they ain't Jewish. He's talking about their high rent. And he's got, there's 12,000 from each tribe of the 12 tribes of Judah. That's basic multiplication. 12 times 12. I know, I had to write that thing a thousand times when I was in school. I, I will never forget that. And Jerry, we said last time that these Jews, interestingly enough, have not lost their distinctiveness. No. They are still Jews to no. somehow they know it to the core. That's, well, that's amazing. That's correct. The, the rest of the people get assimilated into the society and are gone. They vaporize into the other cultures. Right. Not the Jews. Not the Jews. You know, Paul, he had great concern for Israel. Paul spoke of that concern. He spoke the truth in Christ. Paul often called God as his witness. Romans 1 9, 2 Corinthians 1 23. Uh, Paul spoke the truth in Christ. 1 Timothy 2 7. He, he, he let his yes be yes. He let his no be no. And he let his witness be before God. He wasn't spinning anything. He, he wasn't trying to do anything other than let the Word of God, the power of the Scripture, do what it's called to do. Uh, Paul did not, uh, did not lie when he spoke about his great concern. Think about this. Think about this. How many of us are really truly concerned about the nature, the nature of our country today? 
Think about all the men and women that, that have served this country. Not just, but served this country. Think about all the men and women that worked hard to make this country what it is. Think about those who gave their life for this country. And you see what's happening today. You see how it's going. I have a heartache for my, for my country. This is not the country that I grew up in. This is not the country that, 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 that I raised my hand, you know, and served three years for. This is not that country. And so Paul's talking about his countrymen. Think about, think about the Americans that's been left behind all over the world because their country won't go get them. You know, Paul's talking about his countrymen were doomed to hell. We're supposed to carry the gospel. Think about our brothers and sisters around us and our neighbors. Doomed to hell because we don't want to talk to them about God. This is what he's talking about. It is, it is a fundamental thing that we should have a love for our fellow man. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love them as I love you. How did he love us? He died for us. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. And so all of this is coming to play in these short verses. You know, Paul said that he did not lie when he spoke. 2 Corinthians uh, 11 31. Paul did not lie when he wrote to others. Galatians 1 20. Paul had a clear conscience as he spoke. Paul said that he had a clear conscience about his conduct. 2 Corinthians 1 12. When we speak about God, is our conduct, I mean, we have a clear conscience. When we witness, do we have a clear conscience? When I stand in the pulpit, I have to have a clear conscience of what I'm saying. When I'm sitting here tonight, my conscience needs to be clear. Because if I lead somebody astray, that buzz on me. I want it to be from the Bible. That way I can stand on the sure footing. Uh, <coughs> Paul said, what, go ahead. It gets a little scary yeah. when when we're up here and we read these things where Paul says, I wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ. It's, it, how am I supposed to interpret that? Or how it, it, what it kind of comes down to, if you, you, you've got to see a ton of stuff in yeah. that one. But he's just come off of the, the eighth chapter full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit. And now he is saying, wait a minute. And he goes back into the physical attributes. You can just read them right here, one after the other. It says, theirs was the adoption of the sons, theirs was the divine glory, theirs was the covenants, the law, the temple, the worship of the patriarch, the physical structure of Believe in God. God brought it down, not them. God brought it down. And then he shifts over to the spiritual thing where he's beginning to say, oh yeah, you've got to be born again. You've got to be something different. Uh, Israel, it says, for not all who were descended from Israel are Israel. What does that mean? It gets scary. That, you know, it, it Paul, Paul said that, that we are all to have a clear conscience. You know, he's talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 5. You know, he starts talking about talking about the uh, 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 the qualities and, 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 and of a pastor and the qualities of a teacher and the qualities of a deacon. You know, 
We should all have clear conscience. Do we have a clear conscience? Do we? I mean, really, is there, you know, deep down inside, do we, is there something we shouldn't, you know, we, I know we have regret, but is your conscience clear? Is your conscience clear? Is there anything you're hiding or holding that you wish you could just get it out so it be over? Take it to the Lord. And that's what he said. Paul knew the, the benefits of an uncondemned heart. He knew the benefits of an uncondemned heart. Are we reaping the benefits of having an uncondemned heart tonight? I mean, I'm going to tell you, this is a heck. I can preach this for home. Uh, do we have an uncondemned heart? What are we, what are we shielding inside of ourselves? God already knows. But if we're afraid that if it came out, oh, if it came out, what will my friends think? What will my brothers and sisters in Christ think? Who will be the first one to stone me? Who will be the first one to stone me? Because we have a bad habit of shooting our wounds. They mess up. And what do we do? We walk away. And that's not what we're called to do. We're called to go gather around and lift them up. Help them be restored into the fold. You know, when Jesus said He left the 99 for the ones, every one of us was the one. Every one of us was the one. Will you leave the 99 to go for one? These are, they, I mean, they're coming home. He's bringing it all together. And like, it's like he said, it's deep. It's deep. And I don't know if the tractor pulled the plot. It's deep. And, uh, and so, and this is one of the toughest uh, chapters. Um, and it's, it's not just this one. It's 9, 10, 11. These are deep, deep. Yeah, Paul has just got done with Antioch and Corinth. Yep. He's just got done with his mission work. He has spread the gospel all over Asia Minor. He has done it. And now he's looking forward to what? He's done with the East. He's going to go to the West. Yep. He's going to Spain. But he's got to go through Rome. He's got to go through Jerusalem to get there. And get some money right. for that right. cause. For right. that heat. I don't know sure where he's trying to get his money. From Jerusalem or from Rome or something. But he's transitioning here. It's very clear from the theologians that he's he's done planted right. the gospel in all these other the Ephesus. Yeah. We came through Ephesians. He's planted that in those churches. And he has those congregations. And now he comes to Rome. And Rome is the biggest metropolis. It's the big one. Historically, this is it. This is going to be this is right before Nero. Nero hasn't come yet. Everything's Pax Romana. The peace of Rome is there. And he's looking forward to blasting through to the West. Why the West? Because of all those tongues that were talked in the spiritual movement of Acts where they had all these nations, Spain was left out. Spain wasn't there. And so he knows it. And he's going to go for Spain. But, I mean, this is his hope. We don't know if he had well, made it. You know, the Lord stopped him from going further east. Right. He had to stay in the middle. And the only place left for him was wet. Yeah. You know, Paul knew the benefits of an uncondemned heart. First John Chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. And so, uh, in verse 2, Paul was filled with sorrow. You know, Paul had a great heaviness of the heart. 
uh, Paul had a great desire to see Israel saved, Romans 10, 1, which we hadn't got there yet. He wanted to see Israel saved. Do we have a great desire to see our neighbor saved? I mean, really, do we? Oh, we just, oh man, them folks are crazy. I ain't crossing the fence. They're over there, and you know, they're probably going to go away. But, but are we? Are we willing? Are we willing to, to risk it? And we've got to pray before you go. But are we willing to be poured out for the gospel? That's what it boils down to. That's Romans 10 1. Paul wept as he saw those who were enemies of Christ. Philippians 3 18. He was an enemy of Christ. He knew them personally. He knew what made them kick because he ran around with them. And all of a sudden, he, you know, he's crying for their souls. They were friends. They went to school together. They grew up. They studied under the different teachers of the law and Emilio. Yeah, Emilio. And he's dropped the luggage now. Yeah. And he's now in the spirit. Right. He's dropped the hardware. And he's not any longer trying to reach his people. Right. Because he was reached through what? He was born again. Yeah. He's now understanding this in its fullness and yet doesn't understand it enough for his own gratification. He wants to know it more. And he knows he's dropped the hardware. The the physical, I'm a descendant of Abraham right. stuff. Yeah. He's dropped it. He's ready to move on into the spirit. And he wants to... He wants well, to he said he's a slave of Christ. He's been bought and paid for to Christ. He said he was the bond servant of Christ. Right. And so uh, he understood, you know, Paul wept as he saw those who were who were enemies of Christ in Philippians 3.18. Uh, Paul had continual sorrow of the heart. Uh, Paul followed the example of Moses. I brought up Moses earlier in Exodus 32, 32. Uh, Paul followed the example of David as he wept for others in Psalm 119, 36. Paul followed the example of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, uh, as he wept for Israel. Jeremiah 9, 20. Paul, he knew the Bible. He knew it. He he said he he studied out with it. He was he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So he knew the law. He knew the scripture. And now he started to understand the depth of the scripture when Christ got a hold of him. And he got to see what he was wrong. And now he's 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 sorrowful for the not only but but for the for his comrades, his ex-comrades that are not enemies front. They tried to kill him. They tried to kill him in Damascus. And so he doesn't understand. He's been on both sides of it. And what did he, you know, what did he say to uh, 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 what blank? You know, he said, "You don't know what he has to suffer to take my message to the Gentiles." He he paid physically for the death of Stephen and for those that he persecuted. He paid for that. Uh, Paul had a great concern for the Jews. Uh, in 9.3, Paul said that he could wish himself a curse from Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul followed the example of Moses in expressing his feelings in Exodus 32.32. In 32.32, Moses offered himself up, said, Lord, take me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Lord, take me. Instead of wiping out the rest of the Lord, Lord, take me. These are your chosen people. You know, have you ever put yourself in a spot to say, Lord, take me? 
I have. I have. My wife was sick, and the doctor said, if we can't control her electrolyte, there's nothing we can do. I hadn't prayed to the Lord in years because I was angry. And I told him, Lord, I know you haven't heard from me in a while. I said, but I'll tell you what, if somebody has to go take me, the daughters need her more than me. The daughters need her more than me. And that's when my life started to really change. Uh, I understand that you have a great concern for somebody other than you. You're not first. You're not. You're not. You know, you see these bumper stickers on the, the factual windows where it says, He and the greater land sign than I. He is greater than I. They are greater than I. We are to be down the list somewhere. We should be putting our families and our God first and, and our brothers and sisters down ahead of us. Time we get to we should be 10, 15, 20 down the list. If we live like that, we're going to honor God. And that's what all of this study and all this scripture is about. It's not only coming to God, our job is to see that others see that in us, but so that we can be used by Him for His will and not ours. When God calls you to do something, you know, I'm not doing that. Well, God called you to that. Why? Because you're the one He chose to do that. Right. Not that somebody else can do it, not that He couldn't get them. He chose you to be His servant for that. And Deuteronomy, to add to that, 7, 6 through 8, for you are a people holy to you, the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth <coughs> to be His people, His treasure, possession. That is eternal. The Lord did not set His affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all people. But it is because the Lord loved you and kept the oath He swore to your ancestors that He brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery from the power of Pharaoh the king. And that promise comes out. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. That's interesting. He's making their name great. Where the Lord's name is really the one that's great. I will bless those who bless you and those and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth, and this is the one, will be blessed through you. Paul read this stuff. Paul understood this stuff. I mean, he probably had it memorized. What's going on here? He knows these promises are there and they're eternal and they're God's promises. He knows they're there and he's trying to put his arms around him and he can't do it again with the hardware of Israel, with the law, with the temple. He can't get a grip on But he's seeing very clearly spiritual thing through Christ. The gospel. The gospel message. He's seeing it in its fullness, relatively speaking, because I don't know if any of us can. But he's starting to see that, oh my goodness, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and taught under the best and missed it. I did. I missed my Messiah. And he slapped me flat on my face blind. I get it. I get it. Sort of. And he can't get enough of it now. He, he, he's trying. 
his people to see it. He would cut himself off from Christ to give it. Oh, it's just, it's an amazing feeling. It's the way he's trying to teach us in the theology and the doctrine that we should be that self-sacrificing for the people in our community. Paul understood the curse that Christ took for mankind. See, when God, when God blinded and changed him, Paul come to an understanding through the Holy Spirit what Christ, as best a human can, what Christ took upon itself for mankind. Do we? I mean, some of us, it's been a while since we come to Christ. Do we understand what God did for us for mankind? Do we understand the curse that Christ took upon himself? He didn't just take he didn't just take Jerry's which was bad enough. Think about Adolf Hitler. Think about Charles Manson. Think about all the serial killers. Think about all the Nazi tunnels. Uh, Lenin. Stalin. Think about all of them. Think about all of those. He took that on himself too. All of them. The most horrific crimes there ever been. The most horrific thing. Twenty times. Pearl Harbor. Hiroshima. Nagasaki. All of that. All of that. The plague. All of it. The earthquake. The Pompeo. All of that on his side. And those, we don't understand the depth of it with our limited mind, but he, he understood the curse. Do we? It's not just, he didn't call us to be saved, he called us to serve. He called us to be used at His pleasure, for His will, and His glory. Period. If we're not doing that, if we have our own motives underneath it, we are blasting the Lord. And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. A very hard pill to swallow. And He expects us to come before Him boldly if we go before the Lord. Think about this. These guys were we're helping move the ark, not the way it was intended to be moved. And the, and the ox stumbled. And the guy stick his hand up to keep it from sliding off. They said it was vaporized before it was Right there. He means things to be done the way he set them out to be done. And it's our responsibility. He gave us a charge. Listen, when we stand before God, who's going to be there saying, thank you. Because of you, I know Jesus. And who's going to be sitting there, you know, where we describe it? And I'm, I'm going to be able to rack here. They're going to come and sit in that chair. And they're going to name, not going to be in the land book of life. 
and they're going to look up there and they're going to see you and they're going to cock that hammer and that person's going to say, why didn't you tell me you're my friend? Splash in the electric fire. Why didn't you tell me? Lord, you knew me. Didn't you love me enough to tell me? Think about that. Think about that. It, that point, that's a possibility. I know it's not. It's not theologically found, but in my mind, that's how I'm able to connect. They're going to call your name. Because everything that we do is written down. We're going to answer for our deeds. And for our, who did we not carry a gospel with because we just didn't feel like they deserved who did we not carry gospel with? Because if I go talk to person, I'm going to be there all day. I don't like the language they use. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they drink. They're all hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. So you go to a church that doesn't, that you don't know any of the hypocrites, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, I had someone tell me not too long ago that they were not going to come here because it's full of hypocrites. I said, well, how are you going to get your groceries? It's what he meant. I said, I see you in food a lot of time. It's full here. You don't have a problem going there? They still come here. Go to Walmart. Go to gas station. Go to hospital. I bet you got there to hit the But you won't come to a church because of the Where else would that be? They wouldn't be here because it wasn't for the church. They still come here. I don't know why, but they do. God called them here, and that's why they're here. The problem today in our society here in the western part of the world is we're too salty. We want things sugarcoated. We want to drive through, throw away. We're a throwaway society and a drive-through society. We want to drive through Christianity. Come for an hour, get my order, and gone for the week. We don't want to have to get out of the car and experience anything. We don't want to walk into the walk into the to the store and just pump our gas out there and pay it pump and go on. And we're not talking about it. I'm guilty of that. But do we understand the curse that those folks out there are under? And if we don't tell them, who will? And so there, there was a there was this there was this young guy uh, that I met, and he, at the time he was telling a story, he was not young, he was a retired major general from the Marine. His dad was a, was, had been commandant of the Marine. At the time that he told a story, he was related that he was a, a first lieutenant in Vietnam. And uh, he went to see one of his soldiers. And he'd been shot 22 times. He kept running back and getting his team members and pulling back and fire. And he got shot 22 times, dragging the soldiers back. And he went to see him in the hospital. And he asked him. And there, there was a reporter there. He said, is it true? He said, why did you do that? He said, I love my brothers and arm. He said, well, why did you keep going back? He said, well, I asked myself, if, uh, if not me, who, and if not now, when? what we need to ask ourselves about charity gospel. If not me, who is going to charity gospel? 
And if not now, when? That's that, that mindset that we should have. That's the mindset we should have. That's what Paul had. He didn't have a problem sharing God. Now he prayed a lot. And if you're going to share God, you got to pray a lot because you, God called you. And don't think you're going to get out there and you're not going to know what to say. He will give you the words to say. And when you walk away, you'll be amazed that they come out of your mouth. And you have to give credit to God. But He will prepare you. Uh, Paul said that he could desire. Well, actually, let me go back there. Paul understood the curse that Christ took for mankind. And that was Galatians 3, oh, verses 13 and 14. Paul said that he could desire that because of his brethren, uh, Paul had this desire for Israel because he was also a Jew. We should have a desire for the lost because we were also lost. Let me rephrase that. We should have a desire for the condemned because we were also condemned. He loved us while we were still sinners. We are still sinners saved by grace and mercy. Romans 11, 1. Paul had a concern for his brother the Jews, Acts 13, 26. Paul said he could desire that because of his human relative. Paul had concern for his brother like Moses had concern for his brother for his nation. Acts 7, 23, 26. All those folks who volunteered, you know, our, our military is volunteering now. All those folks who volunteer to go wherever that our country sends them because they have concern for their brethren like Moses. They go and fight in other countries so that we don't have to fight here. We go and fight for other countries hoping that they can be safe like we are. When we go as a nation, this nation, to fight in another country, you know how much ground we have for just enough to bury our dead? We don't want to run their country. We don't want to occupy their country. We want just enough ground to bury our dead. Get yourself something run and go and support yourself. Freedom. It's all about freedom. We have the ultimate freedom. Christ has indwelled us with His Spirit. And we take that so for granted. We don't understand the power that is inside of us. The power that part of the Red Sea He lives in us. The power that guided the stone that slew the giant that David killed lives it up. The spirit that calls the fish to vomit Jonah out lives it up. The spirit that raised Lazarus out of the grave lives it up. The spirit that walked upon the water lives it up. The spirit that healed the lame made the the mute to talk and the deaf to hear, the blind to see, live in us. The Spirit that created, along with the Father and the Son, this whole universe that we live in, lives in us. Why are we afraid of this world? The most extreme thing that can happen to you is you die. And if you die, absent from the body, present with the Lord. For yes, for eternity. 
It also says for me to live as Christ and die as gain. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So our job here, as long as we have breath, is to share the gospel. To be able to serve Him at His will and pleasure. No, Pastor, sometimes I think that we don't like to leave our comfort zone. No, we don't. Okay, in our flesh, right? The devil influences our flesh and says, it's not. So, so we grieve and we quench the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's what we do when we live in the flesh. Yeah. You're exactly right. I'm going to tell you, I got straight this past week. I got straight. You ever try to witness to somebody? And there, um, in your language is not there. Well, I had an interpreter. That part wasn't that wasn't bad. Uh, now, and, and and he was from Southern Guatemala, so he could he could interpret for me. Uh, and he he knew y'all and all that, so it worked. Uh, really, I'm, I'm serious. And uh, uh, but the thing was, was you were talking. I, I was witnessing to a person who was. Under the influence of Catholicism and Mayan culture, mm -hmm. and so you're trying to you're trying to uh, break through generations of of, of of stuff that they've been taught by their parents and their elders that's not right. Think about this: when you were some of the things that you were taught as a kid that your mom and dad taught you that you found out later was not right. How hard was it for you? to come and accept that fact that it was wrong. I mean, when it's drilled in you, it's drilled in you. And so that was that was hard because trying to get them to understand and comprehend what you're making. And you're I'm trying to I'm trying to do this. I know the thoughts don't know a whole lot about the mind culture. You know, to to, to use parallels and uh, uh, the interpreter I had was fantastic. And uh, we come to, we decided to hug each other and agree to disagree. And you know, he kept wanting to tell me that you know we all serve the same God. I said, yeah, probably. I said, but uh, the difference between you and I is I don't have to go to confess. I said, when Christ died and that veil was rent, that took away. That took away the priest having to pray for me. I had to go straight to God. And that kind of shook his world a little bit. Um, and he said he didn't understand. And so there was, a, there was a room that had a door there with a, with a curtain open. So I told him, I said, see this room here? This is the Holy of Holies in the sanctuary. Can't see through that curtain. The only person that can go in is, can only go one time a year. They tie a rope on his foot in case he's not clean when he goes in there and God strikes him dead. They can drag him out. He's not laying in there rock. And then he goes for the whole country once a year. I said, Jerk Christ died. He said, It's finished. That curtain was ripped down the middle. And there was one in another room. I said, It was split. So I took him like that. I said, You can walk straight into the Holy of Holies and go straight to God without having to go through the priest. He thought, I don't know how it turned out. I planted this feet. That's all I know. <coughs> but these are the things that we're talking about. Paul understood this. You know, Paul had this desire for Israel because for those 
who are condemned because I was condemned. I know what God had to go through to carry my faith. And Paul had a concern for his brother, the youth. I have a concern for my brother because I was a, I, I, I was condemned. I was that way. I was wild. I was cutting up. I was sowing to the flesh. And God got a hold of me. Paul said he could desire that because of his human relative. He had a desire like, like Moses, Acts 7, 23 and 26. It took him a while to get there. I mean, he was handing out, they laid all the garments at his feet while they stoned Stephen to death. He was there. He out of it. And I'm just wondering, you know, just this is Paul. I'm just wondering. If that didn't work on his, his psyche, the regret of that. Uh, of Israel, in verse 4, it says, Paul spoke of the blessings of the Israelites. The Israelites received the adoption. The people of Israel were chosen by God in Genesis 32, 28. Way back in the beginning, God chose Israel. The people of Israel were called to be a holy nation. Think about it. They were called to be a holy nation. Exodus 19, 3-6. The people of Israel were chosen as a special treasure above all peoples on the face of the earth. In Deuteronomy 7, 6. Roger read the verses while ago about how, how they had it, how they were chosen. They were supposed to be a blessing to the rest of the world. The rest of the world was supposed to come to God through Israel. By their example. And yet, what did they do? They messed up. They were forgiven, punished, messed up. Forgiven, punished, messed up. This went on for thousands of years. Yeah. And then there was what, 400 to 500 years of silence. Nothing. From Malachi to the Bible of Christ. Nothing. And they all knew the story. They knew that, that they were missing. King Harry tried to have him wiped out. Look, you, you, you want to no, talk about it? Yeah, God made it work. He made it work, yeah. He, uh, he, he, he works in the broken things in life, too. And we forget that. And you can walk up and you do all those fearful, wrongful, stupid things to get somebody to hear about Christ and God, God's way ahead of you. It doesn't matter. You can go in there. They can see your heart. Long before you open your mouth and stumble over your words. It doesn't matter to them. They know you're sincere. If you bring your sincerity into the game, end of story. And, you know, they were seeking this diocesan which is a Greek word for this righteousness acceptable to God, trying to, through works, make themselves acceptable to God through their own righteousness. This brings Paul back to the crux of the matter, which is where did this, the first verse, where does truth come from? He missed it. 
the, the Israelites received, they received the glory. Listen to this now. The people saw the glory of the Lord fill the tabernacle. They saw God. He led them by the He led them by the You know, cloud by the day and fire at night. They never had to worry about the darkness. Never. And they seen His glory come and fill the tabernacle in Exodus 40, 34-38. The Israelites received the covenant. The people received the covenant through Abraham in Genesis 15-18 and 17-2-8. The people received the book of the covenant in Exodus 24-7-8. Uh, the people received the covenant to David in Psalm 89 uh, 34 to 37. The people were often reminded of the covenant in Acts 3.25. The people were promised a new covenant in Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. Hebrews 8, 6, and 10. 8, 6 to 10. The Israelites received the law. The people of Israel received the law in Exodus 34, 27, 28. They received the service of God. The people received the service of the sanctuary in Hebrews 9, verses 1 to 10. The Israelites received the promise. This, this, the people had received the promise in Hebrews 13, 11 to 17, and 33. The people who received promises had them based on God's character. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. God made the promises. He was prepared to give it to them. Why did he not? Because they rejected the promises. But when you give an invitation, it comes with a what is? Or it comes with a if clause. When we do an invitation at the end of the service, if there's anyone here today who would like to receive Christ, come down. If you will confess, if you will confess with me. That's as simple as it gets. If, if you'll get out of you, if you'll humble yourself, if you, will, if you will give atmosphere to the voice, or voice to the atmosphere, you shall be saved. It's not rocket science. It's simple. It's simple. And yet, people walk away from it. God stands at the door. He, you know, He tells them in, in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come in and sup with them and him with me. He's, I'm knocking. Now, He has the right to take a door buster and bust that door wide open because he created it. He created you. You're in his image. But he will not do that. He, he didn't do it in the Old Testament. No. He didn't, he didn't do it in the New Testament. He didn't do it in the New Testament either. No. He, he, picked, he picked up a marble called Abraham. He picked up a marble and this this one he, he saw the faith, the belief. But if he had not done that, keep that in the back of your mind. Then he scooped up the small nation, the, the smallest, the most minuscule, and 
brought it forward to save the world. Then he picked up a scoopful of believers as Christians. And that's what we came from now. <coughs> he took a small handful of those that come and follow him on his way. That's where <coughs> he picks them up one marble at a time today. One believer at a time. I say marble. People are marbles. They're real living souls. And But the point is, he doesn't force his will on them. He doesn't do this grandiose thing. You know, 16 million Jews died. Died in 1940-something. And I'm not good on the... Probably started in the 30s. Yeah, 30s and the 40s. And guess what? 1948 is when he decided... Let me read this one verse. Right? Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers the son. Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day? Uh-huh. Or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor then she gives birth to her children. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord. I do. Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. Isaiah 66. In one day, Jerusalem was a point, but Israel was not. One day. God did it in his timing. What's interesting is God walked, didn't make it to the country of Israel. And so, what was the number of 60 million? There's 15 million Jews in the world today. 15 million. And this is 20, 23. Maybe off a little bit there. Maybe it's a little more, 16 or 17 million. Think of that. Think of that. It's through them that Christ came. It's through them this idea, this, this one God idea came to us. And it's being taught here. It's full. The scriptures came to us. This book that they brought to us came from them. It's it's poignantly unfathomable how much love God had to keep it going. Like our grief is a drop in the ocean compared to the ocean, which is God's grief. Uh, he's fighting for us. Any questions? Any comments? The Balfour Declaration. What was it? And was. Balfour was before that. It was before that. 1948 was. Uh, they forced the British. They had gave the, the, the North Atlantic Treaty. 
gave, gave Britain uh, control of what they, they used to term Palestine, but, uh, and then that's when they uh, let them have a nation. And uh, they immediately did their constitution and all of them. It was right. Now I'm telling you, those folks that got there, they had a trip. Because they left Europe, they went to America, they left America, they went back to Europe, they left back to come back to America, and then went to then went to the uh to Palestine. They let them leave Europe, then they wouldn't come they got to America, America wouldn't let them in. They went back to Europe, they wouldn't let them in, they went back to America, and then they came to I mean it, it, it ain't like we you know, we oh hallelujah, no, they didn't let them in. I mean, it's an interesting history to read. Um, so, uh, you know, God's good. And had they not been rejected in those two countries, 1948 might not have been the year that they were. But 1948 was the year that God chose. And, uh, uh, any questions, any comments? We still lining up with Jay Byrne? Well, I'm going to jump and look at you, Yeah, all right, good. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, let's go to the morning prayer. Roger, you want to close? Okay, all right. Father God, we thank you for just being in your house and listening to the, the Word of God and hearing the uh, Scriptures read. We thank you for all that are here. We ask you to keep you safe and going home. We lift up all those that were spoken of in our in our praises and prayer requests, we just ask you to answer all the unspoken things that we can bring to your attention. We love you. We praise your name. In Christ's name. Amen.